0: Up. Arsenal managed to get their most important win in years. You understand what I'm saying? My Ready Football Podcast, David Lawson and Stefan Hosen. I had to give Arsenal a shout out. That's to two of my best friends who are Arsenal fans. And I promised them I'd give them a shout out. Arsenal, for years of trying and trying, top of the Premier League, they had a question could they beat a good team? We're not really sure, but we got to give them credit to <laughs> to beat Liverpool. What's going on, Stefan? I,
1: lo- I love that intro. I love that. As you rightly pointed out, there's been questions about the Arsenal beating big teams. Um, they beat Spurs last week. They beat Liverpool this week. But I still think we can ask the question, can Arsenal beat a good team? <laughs> because those teams are not good.
0: You know, it, we look at it. The perception is Liverpool is good. Tottenham is not good, but, you know, famous coaches always say you are what your record says it is. You have Tottenham in third with 20 points. You have Liverpool in 10th, game in hand with 10 points. You're 14 points behind Arsenal. That just seems like a staggering number to me. It does, 14 it, points.
1: It does. I mean, there, there's also the other famous quote that the table doesn't lie. And I, I dislike that quote because I always say it depends on the question that you're asking it. It can lie. But yeah, right now, Arsenal 14 points ahead of Liverpool. You know what's funny about the EPL table that I just realized before we started recording? Liverpool are actually behind Bournemouth, who they beat 9 0. Interesting.
0: Yeah, so that's that. And you know what else is interesting? No matter how bad Manchester United is, and no matter how good Arsenal is, Manchester United finds a way to beat Arsenal.
1: Especially at Old Trafford, yeah. Some, some things change, but many things remain the same.
0: Man, Arsenal must be so annoyed at that fuck, Because United are not good at all. Not good at all. Arsenal, in a game in which they likely should have won. But, Stefan, going into it, I don't want to delve too deep into it, but we likely are. When it came to that game, I wasn't too surprised that Arsenal got the result. I felt that like it was going to be a draw mainly because Arsenal always plays Liverpool tough at the Emirates. That's never, been a, that's never been something that is a shock. They always play them tough. And Liverpool don't seem to be getting the breaks this year. Arsenal seem to be getting the breaks, and within a minute they're up 1-0.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I was saying before the game, this was a game that's going to tell us more about Arsenal than Liverpool. I, I still stand by that. I did say that I believed a draw, Arsenal would be a good result, you know, considering what Liverpool has done to them over the last five years. Even despite Liverpool being a bit of a shambles right now, I thought they'd come correct. And for the most part, I said it to you before we started recording, I don't necessarily think Liverpool played that bad yesterday. I think it might have been on the better side of their performances this season, which isn't saying a lot, of course. But for the most part, I thought they were in the game. I think they controlled large stretches. Uh, There weren't many... It's, it's funny to say this because I was going to say there weren't many clear-cut scoring opportunities for Arsenal, yet they did score three goals. But yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the, the bricks are going for Arsenal. They're not going for Liverpool. And this Arsenal team, that they, they seem to have a bit of mentality and character about them. The first time a team has gone up three times against Liverpool in umpteens of years. So credit to them. Like they, they really battled for it. And at the end of the day, I, I, could, I think I would argue that they deserve to edge it.
0: I I look at this Liverpool team as just not as dynamic as they used to be, but I feel like they're playing well. I really feel like they're playing well. I know their stats that says they're not pressing as hard, they're not winning the ball as high up the pitch as they used to, etc. But I feel like Liverpool can be summed up in two simple sentences. They're conceding more and Salah not scoring as many.
1: Yeah, no, I... I agree with you there. I don't necessarily think Liverpool have been terrible this season. It's not like that that year post COVID where they just everything was going wrong for them. Yeah, I definitely think there's been a, there's been a drop off in performances for a number of players. But when I say a drop off, I don't mean a drop off to to terrible levels. I just think if they were playing at a ten out of ten before, they're now playing at a seven out of ten, and those margins are, are have flipped the script. And Liverpool aren't getting the breaks, and they're conceding too many goals. They're not scoring enough chances. It's just not working out for them. And that's just how it goes sometimes on the football pitch.
0: And another thing that was bound to happen, Liverpool were living on the margins. Every player that they signed overachieved the valuation by far. <laughs> and the simple fact is the new signings are not overachieving the way all they did. And the replacements for what they had before are not playing as well as the previous did. Uh, so I was watching a tactical breakdown of Liverpool... Um, at their best versus recently, and how they were using Trent Alexander Arnold, what they were using, the positioning that they were using him in. Same with Roberts, the way they were playing. And basically, they had Windaldum and Jordan Henderson as runners protecting both of the fullbacks. Um, the movement of Mane being able to drop off into spaces was the, the, the complete creativity of how they were moving. Just took teams by surprise. There seems to be a little bit less variance in the way of their attacking. Klopp changed it in the midweek. Uh, He lost Trent. Uh, I think a lot of what he's trying to do is to get the best out of his fullback positioning because they mean so much to him. They played basically four forwards, two midfielders. And once you have Alcantara in there, you're likely going to have most of the ball. And they were able to do that. But they just don't have the same dynamic energy like they did before. And they don't carry the same goal threat. Because last year, Mohamed Salah scored 22 goals. This is now eight games. He now has two goals. Last year, at the same time, you and I did a podcast. They had played Manchester City. And we were arguing, is Mohamed Salah the best player in the world? Nobody's (laughs) having that argument today.
1: Definitely not. No, yeah, I think you touched on a great point there when you mentioned the wing-backs. Uh, I actually pointed it out earlier in the season that a lot of people were focusing on the limitations of Trent and his underperformance if it was as exalted as it should have been. But I said it for a lot for a while. Robertson has been uh, slowly going under the radar. He has not played well at all in 2022 for me, not to the level that you'd expect a play of him. And if we go back through the years of Klopp's teams, the wing-backs have been so incredibly important and an attacking Sense on the ball, stretching teams, creating goal-scoring opportunities and the fact that they've essentially lost a good portion of that from both sides has impacted the whole team and then when you couple that in with the fact that the likes of Van Dijk, the, um, the covering guys in midfield who were who were making up those margins and in the space behind are not doing the role as effectively anymore, it's a, it's a recipe for disaster.
0: And you talk about the table line, like Liverpool have scored 20 goals but none of them were in one match.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. it. It you all. <laughs> all you need yeah. to know. Oh, that—that's some stat padding right there. As I said, the table—the table lies depending on the question you ask it.
0: And with Van Dyke, as a, yeah, I know you kind of like the Dutch national team. Would are you right now? Are you on a scale of one to ten, with one being I'm not worried at all, to ten being I'm extremely worried, right? how would you how should Dutch fans feel about Van Dyke's form going from hope- number one center back to um let's just say not number one <laughs> center back anymore let's just call it that I don't want to get too harsh into it uh, i
1: think is- when, when, you, when you go specifically with the with the dutch team they they go with a back five they they've been going with a back five for years now um how worried should you be about Van Dyke i mean he's probably their best center half uh, he's definitely one of the best centers when he's on form. So he's, of, of, of course, incredibly important to them. Um, you could say the same has been said about Matthias Delict in the past. Should they be worried about his form? But at the end of the day, they're going to back three. Trust me, Holland are going to be able to find a competent enough back three to do to fine defensively. I don't think they'll be extremely worried about it.
0: No worry at all. And lastly, on Liverpool, before I get to Arsenal, Harvey Elliott came on, had such high hopes for him, started last season well and he got hurt and it hasn't been the same. Um, Going forward, Liverpool, uh, do you think that they can climb their way back up into top four contention? I don't think there's any way they catch in City.
1: Uh, Top four, uh, definitely. I think that's very much possible. They, They did it the year after the covid stuff happened. They they fell apart for a long, long period of time. I don't think the situation is as bad as back then. Um, as The key for them is they need to get their players back. They need to start building some cohesion. Klopp has changed things in the last two games. He got a win versus Rangers, didn't get the win yesterday. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how they um, go forward from here. We have a big goose egg coming up in the middle of the season that might be a blessing in disguise for Liverpool. It might not be. But we have about five games to go until there's a big break for the World Cup. So depending on how they look going into Salah that. It uh, gives yeah.
0: Salah a break which is huge. It yeah. gives Luis Diaz a break which is huge. It might give Trent Alexander a break as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, Trent, Robertson, Uh, I think Matip as well. Yeah, Fabinho likely goes as so that's problematic. But you yeah, know, I think depending on how they go over the next couple of games, they should be able to build up some momentum before going into the World Cup and coming out of that. That's a good thing. The only problem is the immediate game for them next is, is Manchester City. Yeah, they're going to lose. <laughs> they're going <won't> to lose. <laughs> <laughs> when, you when you
0: look at uh, Liverpool, I, I said finally, you mentioned Fabinho, that on memory. He's just no longer the same player. He used to be the best defensive midfielder in the world.
1: But yeah, he was definitely he was definitely in the argument, at least. I don't know if he was the best, but he was in the argument. Uh there was writing on the wall that Liverpool versus Manchester United game where Fabinho didn't start and the obvious direction was, oh Fabinho's injured. And after the game, Klapp just said no, he's just not in good form. And since then his form has not picked up.
0: Yeah, and Jordan and Thiago Santiago just didn't they were able to help keep they were able to have more possession than Arsenal, but they just didn't have any cutting edge or dynamic dynamism.
1: Dynamism.
0: dynamism. <laughs> <Not> English though. <laughs> dynamism. Whatever. Try <laughs> <laughs> like it. was. it wasn't the same cutting edge. And after the show to a party, I thought he played well. Um, it was a simplistic display. He passed the most, the passed the ball the most for Arsenal. Uh, and I felt like his performance was a steady in effect on the entire team. He kept the ball extremely well. I didn't think... Jacko um, was consistent throughout the entire game. I thought he was a bit loose with his
1: passing. And I, I felt Party played well. Yeah, I think oh, both, overall, I think both of them had large spells of inconsistency, especially towards the last 20 minutes of the first half. Um, Party in particular um, was giving the ball away a lot more than Jacob, but in the second half, it's just it over to so Jacko was giving the ball a lot more. Uh it's interesting. I, again, I, I don't particularly think Liverpool played badly. I don't particularly think Arsenal played well either. I don't think it was their best performance, especially in midfield. I thought they would have done more against Liverpool's midfield, but so it go. But yeah, no, Arsenal got the the victory, and that's all that really matters for them at this point.
0: I, I think the key stat that sums up the game for me is Saka got forty three touches of the ball, you, and you look at Luis Diaz, who's playing against, who's supposed to take over that mantle, that man he left behind, touched the ball 19 times. Grant yeah, no. Was, yeah, Grant, was subbed out. Sorry, not Luis Diaz. Sorry, I'm talking Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah <laughs> touched the ball Um, a total of 27 times. Yeah. No, as well. really,
1: that's uh, what I was It was one of the games where, you know, when the player comes off and, and you go, oh, I forgot he was playing. It was actually one of the games where I thought that, that made sense. I at one point genuinely forgot Salah was on the field.
0: Like I really don't know what he what he was doing. Nunes got a goal. So Arsenal really were feeding Saka. and that 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 worked. Uh Mabala Jesus right your Brazil fan of me, I just that's another complete performance from him. I feel he was just like almost a perfect striker, but again obviously just not scoring.
1: Yeah no but as I said going into the end of last Towards the end of last season, I said Arsenal need to find a player who's going to go up there and just cause absolute chaos, but do it in a way that enables the other attackers in the team to score goals. Yeah, Jesus didn't score on the weekend, but Martinelli got one, Saka got got two. It's going to be a rotation between them. They're not all going to score bucket loads, but I think they work cohesively as a good unit, and it's working for Arsenal.
0: Martinelli... When you look, at Martinelli, how highly do you
1: rate him? Uh, probably higher than you because I think you have a little bias against Brazilian players. My my issue with Martinelli, I think he should be scoring more goals than he does. I think that was his third for the seat, third or fourth. I, no, that might be fifth for the season. Fourth goal of the season. Yeah, that he should have doubled that. His finishing is a, is very inconsistent for me, but uh, I think he's super direct. Uh, I like him on the ball. There's a good dribble up, pace, tenacious. I just think, I just need to work on the finishing, and I think there's a very good player in there.
0: Yeah, he, no, no, he, he's good. Um, and he's a young player, he's only 21. And I'm going to make the same mistake. I'm thinking he plays like he should, um, like he's 28. As I yeah. said, he could finish more. Uh, I, fi- I find that he's basically doing a lot of the stuff that I want Jaden Sancho to do, and he, he's doing it. Um, he dribbles well. He has a good identification of his teammates, uh, and he doesn't lose the ball at a high at a high rate that would make him seem uh, unsuccessful to pass the ball with. He can pick up many touches. He's a dangerous football player. Uh, he's a type of football player that Brazil is lucky to have coming off of their bench. I think Arsenal, if he doesn't take a step up. Um by next year, I think they're probably gonna try and get someone better than him because that's just how football works. But at the moment, you it's hard to say that there's somebody on the left. It's hard to say you can find many people in Premier League that plays on the left hand side that you'd want over him. Of course, we're taking away um Manchester City out of the equation. Like, you know.
1: No, yeah, I agree with you. I I think there's a as I said, I think there's a good player there. Uh, obviously, with all young players, the, the goal has to be that you have to consistently make the step up to keep your spot or to keep hold of your spot. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. He's got to start scoring more goals. But I think if he can sort that out, a very good player on Arsenal's hands there.
0: Saka is making a play that he has to start in the World Cup. So moving, before we move on from this game, shout out to Arsenal. If Saka starts for England, and obviously Kane starts barring injury, who is the next person that starts alongside that?
1: Uh, I think it's obvious. There's only one choice for that sweat. Mason Mount.
0: Mason Mount.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I was expecting it. He, to... he had a good game. I thought he and Gallagher played very well. Uh, still don't rate Gallagher. Still don't rate Mason Mount. But there was, there was a decent game against the Mighty Wolves.
1: Uh, oh. that, that, was, that, that was definitely a joke. I don't necessarily think it has to be Mason Motes. I, I, I love that off-air you messaged me and said that Gallagher, there's there's a bit more to him than you thought there was, but you still don't rate him. Okay, love that for you. But slow, slow group. He's not skillful at all, but when I was watching him
0: and I was watching Pulisic and I was like, this guy, if, I, if this guy is doing a lot of the stuff that you would want Pulisic to do in, and I said to you, when Lazarus Pulisic played a good game? And he obviously scored a goal right
1: after that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but not to answer your question, I, I don't think there's an obvious third for that um, spot. I think depending on the game, depending on the form of the players going in, it could be anyone from Mason Mount to Jack Grealish to, to Foden. Uh, Foden, I think, is probably the one I'd go the least likely with, despite the fact that I rate him the most. Because I just don't think it works for England yet. But... Uh, it's, it's a headache for for Garrett Southgate to figure out. Oh, and there's also Raheem. Did I mention Sterling? I don't even remember.
0: Sterling, as you know, I think he's washed. So, yeah, but Grealish is playing well. But anyway, we talk about more, enough time for that. Shout out to Arsenal. Um, as I said, I felt, I said uh, in the, after the Tottenham game, I felt Arsenal's front line, Martinelli, Saka, Jesus. See, I'm not that bad against Brazilian players. I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm just against overrating. If people start come to me and say Martinelli is a top three EPL player or some nonsense like that, then, of course, I'm going to rip him apart.
1: Say, For, sure. No, For like
0: sure. People, I mean, like journalists, there's lists that is listening that highly, you know, popular magazine. I'm like, wait, what? No, of course. But as I said, right now, Martinelli, Saka, Jesus, I believe that they are, they are front line has closed the gap considerably on Spurs and they're better everywhere else than Spurs. So they should be beating Spurs. So, you know, so that was that, but this podcast, you know, I kind of want to focus on Real Madrid and Barcelona, uh, both top of the league in La Liga, both equal on point points, 22 points. What have you thought of Real Madrid so far? Uh, Modric is still playing still an important player for them. Cruz is still an important player. What do you think about the replacements in the wing?
1: In the wing, uh, specifically, um, I guess you're speaking of Kamavinga and those guys? Yeah. Uh, I mean, all right, sure. Uh, You know, one thing I like about Real Madrid is I think over the last couple of years, they have identified when it is time to send a legend into into new pastures for, for lack of a better word. I don't necessarily think they've they've reached a point with Magic and Cruz who I still think are elite footballers and they've proven it um consistently but their identification of replacements is is quite good. Kamavinga is a is a top top player. I actually went back on my Twitter and went back to the first time I saw Kamavinga play, was, I think 16 years old, was against PSG. He was playing for Rons, And I immediately tweeted, I think it was the second game I saw him play. And I said, everybody should be trying to sign this guy immediately, including, including the best in the world. You know, Real Madrid got there first. I think he's a top player. Uh, they they sent Casimiro away in the summer, brought in Tuchemeni. I think he's an interesting prospect as well. A player that would have improved many teams in the world. So... Right now, I think if you're a Real Madrid fan, if you're a Real Madrid establishment at all, you're looking good at your work over the last couple of windows and you're, you're quite happy with it. I I, yeah. did, I know where you're going with this though, but <laughs> go right ahead.
0: I find that they're okay. I don't see nothing special in either one of them. I find that they're good. Young. Well, one is 22 in yeah. Tukameni. Kamavinga is 19. So they're you know relatively young football players. Of course, if Tukameni was English, and uh, he was twenty-two years old, and he wasn't. And he was just, you know, passing the ball sideways most Quant- of the time. But yeah,
1: qu- quantify that when you when you say they're okay, and you say they're not special, that that leaves a big gap of understanding. Oh,
0: there's a lot of hype around them, and I don't see it. I don't okay. see
1: this. Great. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying see? is, what what I'm saying is, if if you say they're not special, I can. If 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 I'm interpreting special how I think you you mean it, I agree with you. I don't think they're special, they see, special is Do you
0: think that they? Well, I don't I don't see special talent. I see that they are very good football players who may be a bit better than very good. Okay, the
1: that's, yeah. Okay, that that is that is different. That's That's what I'm saying. Like if you're if you're saying they're not special, because to me special is like Neymar, Messi, like that level of talent. I don't think they're that level of talent, but I think I they're.
0: I can say special. You can go through the previous midfielders of the previous generation, um, that were were high. I think Modric is special. I think Cruz is special. I think I think that level. I think the players are replacing. I think those guys are special. Yeah, but um, was
1: was Madrid special to you at twenty one years old?
0: Well, you remember, twenty-one years old, he was destroying England. So yeah, he pretty much was.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, Cruz
0: also. Cruz, I saw him at on the twenty-one level, and we saw him as a young player. You and I were talking about Tony Cruz, and he was like twenty-three, that age. Um. So yeah. No, no, uh, fair,
1: no, fair enough, fair enough. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a. Uh understanding of how you're quantifying you the talent. Tel-
0: Modric was that he went to the Premier League where it was like, oh, he's too small to play in the middle of the pitch, so they're playing him out on the left.
1: Yeah, fair enough. No, you see, going back now, as I said, all I wanted to do was quantify what you meant by special. Do I think they're special uh-huh. in the way that I thought Tony Cruz was special? You mentioned, we were talking about Tony Cruz at 23. I, I saw Tony Cruz on the 17 World Cup and I thought this guy was special. I remember um, Luca Modric at Dinamo Zagreb and I thought he was special there when he played Arsenal in the in the qualifiers with Eduardo. I thought he was special. So yeah, sure, those were special midfield talents. I, I would put many Tuchemeni and Kamavinga a level below that, but I think they're... Are very capable of going on to be very, very good football players. Like Pogba, that
0: uh were nineteen and twenty-two, we're talking talking about so as well. Like Pogba, twenty-twenty-one uh, had special talent.
1: Yeah, for sure. I agree with he, that.
0: He end up. I don't think Pogba ended up being special. His CV might say it was special because you know won a World Cup, been to a Euro final, blah. You know, been. UEFA Cup Player of the Year, Europa Cup Player of the Year, that kind of thing. But I don't think he ended up being special. Um, but yeah, so it's not like me saying them not being special now means that they won't ever be special. I just don't see it now. There's a lot of hype around it. And the good thing with them is when you're French and you play a bad game, your, your age will always be an excuse. So they <laughs>
1: Uh, no, yeah, well, d- it depends on the media that you follow because uh, the French media might not say, <laughs> say the same thing.
0: Maybe, yeah, that is true. The French media is notoriously harsh. It that is look,
1: yeah, true. no. So <laughs> we, we follow a uh, uh, English media, so we we see it from that perspective. But the the French media will tear them apart just as well as the English media will tear tear apart the English media. The English players, sorry,
0: that is no- true. It look- you're looking at Real Madrid, though. Um, Benzema obviously came in a bit hurt. Junior,
1: um, you know, top class you gotta, player. You gotta stop uh, calling this guy Junior. Put some respect on Vinicius's name, David. <laughs> Junior, VR VR. Um, we call it the again virtual reality. Put some respect on the man's name.
0: Virtual reality. Yeah, we're going to find out if he's really reality or virtual reality come November, December. Just letting people know if, Bra- if Brazil don't win and it's because of him, they're not going to not hear it from me. But yeah, he's top class. Um, He scored, he scored a few goals. So shout out to him. He's played well give him I, I give him the respect but Real Madrid as a whole Real Madrid keep finding ways to win Real Madrid have that amazing ability to just get grind get results and that that is a skill in itself uh, um I I said you know I don't know how they won um but they did I, I don't particularly even rate this real Madrid team maybe I'm be, maybe my bias towards Real Madrid is coming out against VR virtual reality. But like Rodrigo, I don't rate him, I don't think he's anything special. I think he's just a normal football player, but it's working, <laughs> it really is. Like, if I said Rodrigo was on Chelsea, I don't think he would make much of a difference.
1: Oh, that's that's a, a strong claim. I mean, I guess with Rodrigo, you, you can point to the fact that he he hasn't lived up to the expectations that many placed on him when he was signed initially. But I think he's that's another player I think he's coming into his own last year. Uh, there was a period in time where I, start, I thought you were being a bit harsh on Vinicius and then Vinicius eventually exploded and he, he's hit the, the ground running and kept running. I think that will come for Rodrigo as well. Um, they, they're going to find a, a more defined role for him. They've played him a couple of positions, you know, up front, wide right, even in a withdrawn role. Uh, I think they need to find a settled position for him. But it's another young player who I think has good talent, who I think in the right hands, if he keeps going, shall do well.
0: Medita has been good for them. Moving on to Barcelona, where Barcelona, no, that's a team that when I watch them play, I'm like, wow, a seat. And then when they lose, I also see it because without Lewandowski, nobody else can score. I asked you about Van Dijk and what level of concern would you have? What level of concern should Dutch fans have about Memphis?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting one because, you know, Memphis... He is the top scorer in Dutch history now, I believe. You know he's their main source of goals up front, but he's not an integral part of this Barcelona team anymore. Um, there was a good chance that he would have left in the summer. Eventually, it fell through the move to Juventus, and he's kind of been on the fringes of Barcelona since then. That's one that I would be a bit more worried about because he's, he is the experienced attacker for them. Outside of them, they're they're going to be relying on um young Gapko, who I, who I think is a very good player. But yeah, that that one's a bit more concerning because. What wins football games at the end of the day? Most times it's goals. And if you're not scoring the goals, that's problems.
0: I just want to backtrack. Milito, when I say he's been good for them, he's been much better than I expected. I didn't think he would be that good. I thought <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> what? Uh, when you watch Real Madrid player, he, he's been decent. He's been decent for them. I can't, I can't really I can't rip him apart. He's been decent. Um, uh,
1: that's... And- not- I mentioned earlier that Real Madrid tend to get it right when they send people into the Swan song. Uh, I think they got it very right when they sent Varane out and um, kept Milito.
0: Oh, God. Varane, another one. A Manchester <laughs> from Real Madrid. Like, what, what's, what's happening? Yeah, you look at Barcelona, I'm trying to look at their team right now, taking a little bit of time, load up. You look at them over the weekend and manage to get the result. They lost in the Champions League against Inter Milan. They play against Inter Milan this week. But again, same thing. Dominate the game. Can't score a goal. Um, and it's weird with Lewandowski because Lewandowski has had good Champions League runs. And he's had Champions League runs where he just flops. Where just can't seem to score the big goals. Um, yeah. If he's not scoring in the Champions League, that cost them the two games that they lost. Against Inter and against Bayern Munich was mainly because he did not score. He missed huge chances against Bayern Munich, and Inter Milan just didn't it just didn't come off for him.
1: Uh, Barcelona on the whole are, are more interest are a more interesting scenario for me. Tight on top of. With Real Madrid, as we said, you know, seven wins, eight draws, sorry, seven wins, one draw out of eight games in La Liga for both teams. Barcelona started off with a draw and they've they've continuously won since then. You know, the fascinating thing about Barcelona, uh, I said it uh, a couple of weeks ago, Barcelona, their their transfer activity in the summer confused me because it it seemed like they wanted to build for the future and then it seemed like they wanted to go for immediate success at the same time. So that was a bit perplexing to me. But then if, at the end of it, I started to wonder to myself, did Barcelona build a good squad? And my conclusion was I think they do have a good squad. I don't think it's a, a squad that necessarily puts them favourites to win La Liga or the Champions League, which is what they are aiming for. But I think it's a squad that's going to get them on the fringes and it's going to piss off the fans when they don't, they don't actually win. So that's going to be funny for me. But not, interesting team so far, as you rightly pointed out, 12 goals for Lewandowski. The next closest goal scorer is two. So their team is built up in a way where you see what they're trying to do. But when it comes to the actual final product of scoring goals, the likes of um, Rafinha have disappointed so far. Um, Dembele is disappointed so far. Um, Ansu Fati, the youngster, is coming back. I, and that's a guy I, I'm putting huge um, pressure on for my Spain prediction. He hasn't hit the, hit the ground running when it comes to goals. So there is a lack of diversity in goals in this Barcelona team. And Without Lewandowski scoring the goals, it seems to to neuter them quite considerably.
0: I've no idea why people rate Rafinha so highly. It must be because he has a cool name. I, I, I didn't think he that good at leads? I you, really
1: didn't. You are really setting yourself up for the Brazil fans to troll you, man. <laughs> I keep telling you. Did Zeep man, like what
0: was so special about him at Leeds? I thought he was just a good football player in the Premier League, and then I saw all these teams trying to die and get get him. I was like, did I miss a meeting? When did this happen? When did he become this player? Leeds were shit <laughs> Leeds was total garbage, right? It was like he was anything great. I didn't think i did I just didn't think he was a special football player, right? He scored eleven goals last year. Congrats. he wasn't an over-super look. Right? leads
1: leads to be doing just fine without him this year. I, I don't know about that. But no, I mean, I don't know how many. I think it was only three teams that were really after him. And that was Arsenal, Chelsea, and Barcelona. I think Leeds he went are, to
0: the he, yes. When I <laughs> said no.
1: Leeds are 14, good nine
0: points, right? Yeah. They, they struggle to get out of relegation. That's what leads are. They're doing just fine without him. With him, how much better would they be with him? If he was on the team, instead of fourteenth, what they would be fifteenth,
1: tenth, maybe? <laughs> no
0: way. They would. No, okay. So they might be. There might have one more point. <laughs> uh, great.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't really see it. Pedri. Do you think he's special? I think he's special. Yeah, hundred percent. I've been on the bottom I've been since day one. I think he's special.
0: I don't think he's special, but I think he's closer to special than Real Madrid central midfielders.
1: Fair enough. I think I think he's there. I think he when I when I define a special young midfielder in my head, uh, Pedri is the one that comes to mind. Uh, the other one that comes to mind for me is Musiala.
0: Well, yeah, he's he's obviously special. One hundred percent. You want to hear me saying? Because up?
1: he used to play for England.
0: No, well, if I, if he's he stuck with England, then I would be saying he's a super, super special player.
1: But no,
0: he, he's on a different level right now, uh, and sure, Bar Munich are extremely lucky to have him. Damn, really wish we had gotten him. I remember when he didn't decide to play for England. Someone asked me, "I'm like, hey, you know, it is. Will we will find someone else. Uh, I don't think so. I really <laughs> yep. don't."
1: You
0: have not found it, no. <laughs> yeah. But no,
1: but, but just to get back to the point, yeah, uh, Barcelona, interesting scenario that they're in right now. I th- um, I think it was you that mentioned to me that you th- you could see them winning La-, La Liga. Um, you actually said that you would um, in a game one on one, Real Madrid versus Barcelona, you pick Barcelona as the favorites. And it, funnily enough, we have a classic coming up. I think it's this weekend, so we get to see that in action. We're going
0: to see Barcelona dominate the game. And if Real Madrid get the breaks, they'll win. If Barcelona manage to convert their chances, they'll run away with it. It's just going you know, to be that.
1: You know, another interesting point about Barcelona, I, I see a lot of their fans who are, are quite irrational, the most irrational fan base in the world right now. Uh, they, They're always going on about how defensively weak they are, how they don't block, they don't stop counters, they don't stop attacks, they, they give up chances. Barcelona have conceded one goal in eight La Liga games this season. They are keeping clean sheets for fun right now.
0: Yeah, but they gave up the last two games that matter so far to them. I mean, Inter- I- and um, by by Munich, so that's what their fans are looking at. That against two teams that have the ability to to cause them problems. They weren't able to do it. And that's what I would say the problem comes into. If if you're being irrational, um, better to not be rational. Be rational. Their the, the, the problem is that they don't score enough for their chances.
1: Uh, or, well, uh, yeah, I no, 100% agree with that. But that's where it comes back to me where I say, I don't necessarily think Barcelona are a team capable of actually winning any of these titles. But I think they're going to get close enough to annoy their fans.
0: Yes, so far they've scored twenty goals in the in the in the league. Yeah,
1: they've, scored more, they've scored more than Real, one one more one more than Real Madrid, and they've conceded six less than Real Madrid. And their fans are absolutely p- pissing themselves right now.
0: Yes, you look at the game on the weekend, the game coming up on the weekend. It's going to be at Real Madrid, so Real Madrid have that advantage that it's at home. But, again, I feel like it's a game in which Barcelona is going to dominate. And if you told me at the end of it, Barcelona lost 2-0, I'd be like, I wouldn't be surprised. Likely missed your chances. And Real Madrid scored from a free kick or a VR counter.
1: <laughs> VR counter.
0: Virtual, oh, VR, virtual reality. That's where a lot of his hype, where a lot of the hype comes from. Yeah, I see a lot of virtual reality in that Real Madrid team. Um. Anyway, I'm I'm done now. I'm annoying Real Madrid fans
1: right now. Anything else you want to add? No, you know, pretty pretty standard weekend. You know, Manchester United got another win. Chelsea got another win. Uh, PSG dropped their first points in league on on the weekend. Ramos with a red card outside. Oh, Bundesliga. Then it was a big derby game Bayern versus Dortmund that ended two two. Bayern threw it away. Bundesliga is looking pretty interesting this year.
0: Barcelona averages eighteen shots a game. Real Madrid nineteen point four shots a game. Sixty-two percent Barcelona, fifty-seven point eight percent Real Madrid. Just some simple basic stats. we um, going to be a fun game, and I'm sure if Real Madrid win, we're going to talk about it. If Barcelona win, we won't talk so much about it because I'll be like, "Yeah, I'm right. I wasn't surprised." <laughs> Well not shocked because Real Madrid Real Madrid winning no longer su- shocks me. They just are masters of what they do. Um to me, the way how you look at Atletico Madrid is the way how I look at Real Madrid. How I've looked at Real Madrid these last two years. Yeah, I don't get I don't get it, but they just get it done. I swear, as I said, if I went back in time, many of those games are still with the same Thoughts that I had then, I still would be like, I, I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose, and they end up winning the Champions League, and I just don't know how they do it.
1: That's a sign of a winner. <laughs> That's just really yeah, it. I have to give them that. I have, I've got to give them that. They are, they anyway, are mentality monsters.
0: Shout out to Real Madrid Real Madrid fans winning all those Champions Leagues, even though I don't think you should have won them, but it is what it is. <laughs> Game is the game. All right, Stefan, I'll catch up with you next week. Peace.